text for the sermon this day is taken from Mark chapter 14. And you can read along in, the, in your bulletin. It says, It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, Wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in her memory. This is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The disciples, they can't see it. Their eyes are blinded, almost like they have ash in their eyes. They cannot see what is happening. Sure, it was, old, was not that long prior to this that Jesus asked the question, Who do you say that I am? To which the disciples said, well, specifically Peter, You are the Christ, the Son of God. But Peter did not quite grasp what that means to be the Christ. Because within a very short time after this, Jesus said that he would be killed. That he'd be handed over into sinful men to be killed and on the third day rise from the dead. Peter said, no way, Lord, this will never happen to you. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. See, the disciples, they were kind of running on cloud nine. They had been seeing Jesus do these really awesome things. He saw the, he, they saw him feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. They saw him make the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the mute to speak, the lame to walk. They saw him even walk on water. And again, he's fed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread and some fish. And they're right beside him. They're right beside this awesome Messiah, this prophet, who's doing these cool things. You know, you got to be close to the glory, close to the cool one, and maybe you will look a little bit better. But the thing is, and quite easily, we love to look at the glorious Jesus, the one that, for instance, we heard about this past Sunday in the Mount of Transfiguration. He's glowing. That Jesus is easy to look at, we think. We think that we're not too bad. We think that we can come closer. But as Pastor Salcedo said on Sunday, that's how you end up a crispy critter. 
We think that we are not that bad. We are, it is the age-old problem to convince ourselves that, you know, I've got my problems, I've got my issues, but I'm not as bad as that guy or this person over here. We always like to convince ourselves that we are okay. The ash upon your forehead. Do you hear the words that were said to every single one? Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is a call back to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve had fallen into sin, which, by the way, is the Old Testament reading for this Sunday. He told they were, cre- they were made from the dust, and to the dust they would return. When we say those words to you, we are telling you that you are going to die. It me and by the way, to give you just the reality of how striking that is, in our congregation we have quite a spread in terms of ages. That means even to the infant and to the 99-year-old alike, we are saying that you are dying. That is what God said to Adam, and it is, a, it is still spoken unto us. The minute you were conceived, you began to die. The ash upon your forehead, the reason it is ash, because it is a, these are words of judgment. We are, the fact that we are dying, the fact that we will taste death, is a consequence of the reality that we are sinners. We cannot stand before a holy and righteous God. We are sinners destined for death. We cannot come before God. And the disciples, quite often, like the disciples, we just can't see how far gone we are. But the woman could see it. In John's Gospel, we find out who this woman is. The name of the woman is Mary. Mary had actually learned quite a bit from Jesus. She had heard him speak and teach many times. And when she saw, she had heard Jesus say that he was going to be crucified. He said it three times to the disciples. They didn't quite get it. But Mary got it. And she could tell something. She could tell that the days were drawing near. That Jesus was getting very near to the point of his death. That is why when she saw that she had that expensive bottle of perfume. And when I say expensive, I want you to imagine modern day terms, a $30,000 bottle of perfume. So more expensive than many cars. Because that's how much it was worth. It was basically worth a year's worth of wages. Think about how much you make in a year and imagine a bottle of perfume that expensive. She took that, the most valuable thing she had, and she broke it over Jesus' head, broke the bottle over Jesus' head. 
She didn't just open it up a little and pour a little tiny bit. She poured all of it, so she drenched Jesus in it. The disciples saw this and they saw, what a waste. We could have sold this and we could have used this money to give to those who are in need. Which again, we find out in John's gospel that they didn't really want to give to the needy. They just wanted the money. They just saw that money was being wasted. The woman, Mary, saw that as valuable as that was, the one upon whom she poured the ointment was more valuable than that. Can't help but think of that hymn, Jesus' priceless treasure, fount of purest pleasure, dearest friend of mine. That's what she saw. She knew that he was going to die. And this was the prophecy. This is what it meant to be the Christ. To be the Christ meant that, you, that he was to suffer. That he was to die. The Old Testament prophecy said it. Psalm 22 said that nails would be driven into the hands and the feet. Isaiah said that he, that he would be led like a lamb to the slaughter. That he'd be disfigured beyond recognition. She knew he was going to die. She knew that he would not have time to be anointed for burial. And so that's what she did. She took the thing that she, that was the most valuable possession she had. So she didn't go to the first century equivalent of Walmart and find the cheapest perfume. She took the most expensive thing she had and poured it on Christ. Anointing him. Preparing him for his burial. And that, the dying Savior, we don't like to look at. Because it is a reminder of how much it took to purchase us. To win us. It's a reminder that you cannot make yourself good enough. That you cannot draw yourself to God's glory. It is a reminder that the only thing that could atone for God's wrath is the blood of his only son, Jesus. That bloody, agonizing sweat. That agonizing death. Love beyond measure was the only thing that could redeem you. That woman, she saw it. With her eyes, she understood that he had to die. Now understand, she did not re probably did not realize he was going to rise from the dead. But she did know he was going to die. She knew it had to happen. Because as Isaiah also says, by his stripes, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. See, we can't approach the glory of God. We stand as sinners. But see, that ash that's on your head, that, that was placed on your head, no, the shape is not perfect. If you want a good, good chuckle, go look up the, um, 
There's a meme that helps you try to identify your, your shape. So some of you might just get the blob. Some of you got need more toner. That means we ran out of ash. There's a great little meme for you. It'll give you a good chuckle. But the hope is it looks like a cross. And the reason is, is because even though we have the judgment of God on account of our sin, we do not wallow without hope. In fact, we stand in hope. We stand in the reality that the one who was being anointed, who went to the cross, went to the cross so that you may approach him in his glory. See, the, the ointment that was poured on his body, preparing him for death, you received another ointment. You received another purification, and that was that of his blood. The sin that you have, every impurity that you have, his blood was poured upon you and cleansed of you. And in fact, it's in the sign of the cross, that ash, because when you were baptized, the pastor says, I receive the sign of the cross upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. See that ash on there, it's a reminder of your, that you are dying, but it's that the cross reminds you that death is but temporary. It reminds you that when... Think about it. When you go to a cemetery, what is on most of these caskets? I mean, all the, most of the tombstones. Okay, some of them have tractors and soccer balls, Vikings logos, whatever. But they have a cross, right? Quite a many of them. Especially if you go to military grave sites, cemeteries. There's crosses as far as the eye can see. Because those who lie in those graves lie in hope. And do you know what the word cemetery means? Those who were at Bible study last night know what that answer, the answer to that question. Cemetery means resting place. It means that the person that is laid in the grave, we anticipate that they're going to wake up again. They're just taking an exceedingly long nap. And one day they will arise, not zombie apocalypse rising. They will rise a glorious body, risen physically stronger than they have ever been in this life. See, in the waters of baptism, you receive the seal of that promise. The cross on your forehead right at this moment is a reminder that you receive that promise. Your sin was washed away. You were identified as chosen, redeemed, a child of God. All sin you have ever committed is wiped away. That's why this woman is anointing him, because she knew that by his death, her wounds are healed, her sins are forgiven. And she can stand, will one day, stand before a holy and righteous God without fear of being a crispy critter. We will stand there without fear of death. We will stand as his children, as residents of his kingdom. And a really good way to remember this, so if you have the ash on your forehead, good recommendation, you go home, 
Go in the mirror, look, go into your bathroom or wherever, look at the mirror and look at it. You look at that ash and say, I, I have sinned. Then take a handful of water, splash it on your face three times and say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Watch as that ash washes away. Reminder that when you were baptized, the wrath of God, the, your, the wrath of God against you, your sin was washed away in a holy, precious ointment. And for that reason, we could stand in the presence of his glory. So may we ever see and look upon the cross and see that grand love and the salvation that is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. We now stand.